0: Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure
1: Center. The place with the big red chair.
0: Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
1: All right, we're back. It's Rich Orris filling in for Scott today. Sitting in the big chair for him and hopefully helping everybody out. And, uh, hey, Alice, if you're still out there, you got a question. Um, Alice called in and, and we lost the call, I think. If you want to call back, that'd be awesome. For everybody out there, you got a question for me, give us a shout today, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And, you know, I got to warn everybody, it is December, and, uh, you know, Christmas is just about here. New Year's, the holidays, hosting stuff, a lot going on with everybody's houses, I'm sure there's, you know, a lot of thoughts, and everybody's getting prepped and prepared. So speaking of that, let's get Alice here. Alice, can you hear me? Yes. huh. Hey, thanks for calling back. What do you have going on?
0: Well, um, I my house is like over 100 years old. I live over in Maplewood. Oh, wow. Yeah, great. <laughs> and so I'm very particular about stuff. But anyway, um, I wanted to have, there's a gray roof on it now. This is an insurance claim, and it's going to be the roof and the siding. And the company I got was came highly recommended. Okay. Uh, but he, they delivered charcoal-looking roofing. It's got some gray in it, but he assured me that when it gets on my roof, it will be gray pewter-colored. Uh, I'm, I really question that. I think I'm going to have to take it and get a third opinion on this. And uh-huh. um, they already delivered the stuff, and he delivered, because it has to have new decking put on.
2: Oh, okay. And they, they
0: delivered plywood, and they didn't put a tarp over it or anything. And it's been sitting out in the weather for the last week and a half with it raining like this. I'm questioning the integrity of that wood for them to use as decking once the weather clears up.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it would definitely, I mean, it would be a good idea... To um, have that that wood tarped and keep as much of the weather off of it. I mean, it is it is fine as far as it can get wet. Um, it will endure so much, but obviously, too much, it will. It's wood, you know. It'll yeah. it, it can separate. It's put together in layers, so those layers can start to separate. It's like a lot of additional wear before you even you know get it on there. So. Um,
0: Definitely I'm questioning, good you know. It. Well, it, it's too late. It's been sitting out in the rain now for a week and a half. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to be there for another week because it's supposed to rain pretty much next week. Um, and my concern is that if they use it for decking, that none of the screws or nails that they put into it is going to hold the roofing. You know, because. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it doesn't have that same integrity that it would have had had it been kept dry.
1: Yeah, I'm I just... definitely want to inspect it for sure before any of that, you know, to make sure there's not anything, you know, going on with it, you know, prior to doing anything, um, depending on how much rain and water and all of that, um, you know, it, it possibly could be okay, but, you know, at Mosby we would have tarped it if it's going to sit there for a week and a half, something like that. Well, Absolutely I can't believe it. Sure. They've
0: got boxes like nails and stuff. Everything is, you know, deteriorating out there in my driveway. Yeah. So I, I'm questioning their – the
1: roofing color is interesting because um, how old was the roof that was on the house? Has it been on there for quite a while, 20, 30 years?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the original roof was black, but when I had to have it replaced about, like, 17 years ago, mm-hmm. I had him take that black roof off and put this gray roof on, um, Yeah, you know. And everybody complimented on it because it opened the house up so much. It looked so much brighter and everything, you know, and yeah. I really like that
2: look.
1: Yeah, I would go to the... You know, you can you can go to like the manufacturer's website and, and try and look at you know the color of those shingles and see it in bigger pictures. Another thing you could do is um, ask for addresses that have this roof on it. That's something that we do all the time. Like, so we'll ask the supplier. The supplier will have a list of addresses in your area that they've delivered that color shingle to, and you can drive by the house and see that color shingle in a live, you know, shot on a whole home because shingles today, they do have a lot more, you know, mixed colors in them, gray with black with, you know, little pieces of red and stuff. And they do that on purpose because it shows the wear and stuff less because when it's one color, you kind of see things more when it happens. So that's why roofing shingles today are, are such, such a blended color of like grays and blacks and reds and things. So like when we put a roof on our house, you know, I took my wife and, and we looked at the samples of of some gray looking roofs and we were like, yep, that, that, that one would look good. And I told my wife, I said, well, I got a couple addresses. Let's take a ride and look at these. And she was kind of like, but that one looks nice. Do we really have to do that? But then when we saw the, the, you know, and I knew because this is what I do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, when she saw the whole roof, she was like, oh, yeah. See, that one really does have the little pieces of red in it a lot more that will go with our, like, maroon shutters and stuff like that. And so it, it reassured that we had the right selection, and the other one didn't have as much of that. But you could see it, you know, on, a, on yeah. an entire side of a roof. So I would say, you know, that would be ideal to do before they put any shingles on, you know, to okay. make sure you're going to be happy with the color.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, because, like, this is a two-and-a-half-story house, and it sits up on a hillside. so. I told my mom when I first bought this, I said, if I don't get the right stuff, this is going to be just a big elephant sitting out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody will go, you know that ugly old house that's over there?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so, um, you know, that's why I am I'm, I'm re- really go back and forth on stuff, you know, and make sure I'm getting the right color combination and things. So, okay, well, I thank you. I think I'll go back and tell them I want some addresses and, um, Thank you so much. I appreciate your feedback on this. I I needed a sounding board, and and you were great.
3: <laughs> no, no.
1: But hey, I appreciate that too. I appreciate your call and and the kind words. So yeah, and just I would just tell them I really want to make sure I got the right color. I'd love to yeah. drive by a house and see it, and and it should not be an issue. We do it all the time.
0: Okay, you know, and it's not like okay. Well, if it's not right, I'll just have a do over. You can't just oh you know, yeah no.
1: You know, yeah. it's
0: not something. You know, I could just have somebody else do it and make the color I want. So
1: yeah, roofs are expensive. You want to yeah. make sure you get it right the first time, a hundred percent, and not have issues down the road. So yeah, make sure they're uh, inspecting that new plywood good. Okay, you know, and and making sure it's okay, and and you know, go check out the color, make sure it's what you want.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank right. you so much.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Have a great day. Merry Christmas and. Hey, we're going to probably get into our break here, but anybody else, you got anything like that, any questions, anything going on, you want that sounding board, that's why I'm here, hopefully to help out today, 314-436-7900. We'll cut to this and we'll be right back.
0: This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
1: All right guys, we are back and having just a grand old time today helping everybody out again, feel free to give us a call today. We got a lot of time left here all the way to one o'clock 314-436-7900. We got Bev on the line with a question. so hey Bev, can you hear me? what do you got going on? I can well I my
3: question is about uh insulating up in the roof, you know uh-huh. the rafters. Is this a good time of the year to do it as far as the weather being ideal, or is it better to do it when it's not so moist out? Or, And what's the best, most reasonably priced um, um, product to use to do that?
1: Um, okay, so uh, that is a, that is a really good question about the product, too. Um, how, how old is your house and do you know what's up there now?
3: Seven. It's from the seventies Okay, and probably there's some loose like batting, you know, type
1: of. Yeah. yeah. I've never
3: really been up there, but kind of.
1: So, yep. So you've, um, yeah, you've probably got like either a fiberglass or like what they call a rock wool type, um, loose fill insulation up there. Um, right. If you if no one's done anything since the 70s, you've probably got about a decent four inches if you're lucky, um, right? Which isn't near the R value. Um. So so really, the first thing is going to be adding to that, replacing it, adding to that. Whatever you do is going to have a really good impact. Um, okay. it, it will help. You you will you know you should feel it. Um, in some places. If you've got rooms that get hot or cold, things like that, it will, it will definitely be a good thing to do um, right. for that and energy bills and everything else. So what you can do and um, what would be kind of like that that cost-effective approach that that isn't the most inexpensive but isn't the most expensive. I mean, basically, there's three products you could put out there. You've got you know the the fiberglass that they blow in you've got mm-hmm. cellulose that they blow in and then you've got the the spray foam mm-hmm. and the the spray foam is the the most expensive route but it will it will block air infiltration at the same time so the reason okay. it works so much better is because it will actually hold warm air inside the house because if you have an attic access if you have can lights or if you have any type of light fixtures, ceiling fans, any type of penetration in that ceiling, um, you'll you'll lose conditioned air okay. into that attic space. If you have a whole house, like, attic fan with a thin metal little, yeah, you know, shutters or whatever, good, because yeah. that is like a energy pig. I mean, just and okay. not because of running, because it just sucks air out of the house. It lets it in, and it's not insulated. Um, right. So basically you can foam and block it and it'll hold all the air where you need it. And then they put fiberglass on top of it for the R value. That's the most expensive route. Um, the, and, and when you do that, they would need to actually remove the insulation that you have. Um, okay. Now, when you go to fiberglass, fiberglass blown in would be the most cost-effective version. But what happens is Fiberglass is very light, fluffy. It needs air inside of itself to hold temperature difference. So when that happens, if you get air, what we call air infiltration, if the air is moving, it mm-hmm. will blow right through it. So okay. when when you're losing your warm air from the house with suction around your can lights and your light fixtures and your attic access and stuff like that, it's going right up in the attic outside and you're losing energy, you know, from okay. that. So the middle of the road is that cellulose insulation, and and what what we do here at Mosby, we would pull in the insulation from around this, the edges of the house. So you don't have to remove all the insulation. You just move it away from the edges, and you can put okay. in these baffle things that basically let the, the air move, and they let the attic actually ventilate so that when you re-insulate, you can insulate with the new stuff up to those baffles, kind of jam it in there, blow it in there. You can insulate over top of the insulation that you have, and that insulation is more solid. It's it's not, like, going to block air like the foam will, but it will block more air infiltration through it than the fiberglass will. So that's kind of okay. like the middle of the road package that you'll get your kind of best value out of that.
3: Okay. And um, to do it at this time of the year, because I'm I'm thinking it's kind of moist with the rain and the cold and the, it's so with that. Yeah, no, be... this,
1: this time of year is perfectly fine. Um, and, and it's actually, you know, might be a little more comfortable for the workers. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not July, you know. Right. Because essentially, your roof is is outside. It, it's okay. Your attic space is considered outside the envelope of the house, and your okay. attic, if it's working proper properly, it should be ventilating. So it's pulling air in and letting it out. You know, pulling it at the bottom, letting it out at the top, and all that air comes from outside. So the wetness, okay. the humidity, all that's happening. You know, so so to minimize yeah. that is a you know, not add to it is a good thing, but to have it during times like this, it's okay because it's everywhere. Okay. And, and it and it okay. shouldn't be a big problem. So when you do, you know, the other things to pay attention to are like when you do like change a bathroom ventilation fan, when you do mm-hmm. this attic insulation, it's good to take that ventilation fan out through the roof. And get that air outside of your roof that it's blowing, you know, so it's not just a pipe into your your attic space, which most, you know, homes that old, if they haven't right. been remodeled and done right, that's what it's doing. And, and why you want to do that is because, like, for right now in the winter, it's cold. It's cold in your attic. Your attic's ventilating. Well, you take a shower and turn that fan on. You're putting 80... 85, 90 ninety-degree air that has moisture in it into your attic, and it's okay. and it's mixing with cold air, so you can create condensation and have all sorts of okay. things happen.
3: Okay. Now, one other insulation issue I have is the fan. I have a fan over my uh, stove, you um, know, uh-huh. on my uh, microwave that yeah. exhaust fan, and you put your hand underneath of the microwave where the where the um, fan or the goes outside. I mean, uh-huh. it's like this cold air is blowing all around. And is there any way to insulate that better?
1: So yeah, prevent? the the only real way to insulate that better is to more than likely where you where you're getting that from is the. Damper the damper on the outside of the yeah. house, the flap mm-hmm. that opens and closes, if you right. got a better one with a better spring that shuts better to keep some of that air from coming in, that's really the only thing that you can do to that And unless okay. you've got a lot of pipe. Like if it goes up through the roof and yeah, you've got I a got lot it. of pipe in the attic, yeah, if it's like most kitchens, it's straight out the wall. It's about six inches long. There's really right. nothing you can put in it, but you can get a a better damper. So, like, the damper at Home Depot is pretty weak, you know, okay. doesn't have a lot of spring tension, all of that. You can buy one that costs, you know, five, six, ten times the cost. It's thicker metal. It's a better spring action, and it, and it just works better. It might have a little foam on the edge when it closes that will help keep some of that cold air out, but that's really the only thing you could do for that. Okay
3: now are there um companies that you recommend as far as the insulation, or is there something some uh, uh word that I should be hearing from them? I mean, just like you had explained if we did what the cellulose wrote that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they would be doing this uh pulling away from the edges like you had explained
1: yep i mean that's yeah what so I be. so when when Mosby does this. We use a company called Goli Insulation. They're out of Illinois. I think it's okay. two O's, G-O-O-L-E-Y. Um, okay. It's one or two. I can't remember, honestly. I've been, I've been doing work with these people for probably 18 years <laughs> 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 for a very, very long time. There's a fellow there, Jim Oberts, that I, I've interviewed him on the radio. We've talked about these things. He's He used to be in charge of, like, their training and, and all of that stuff. Um, okay. So he's very educated in this and this is where I've gotten a lot of this information from in how to do it okay. the best ways and things like that. So goalie will have the systems and they can talk you through that, which is which okay. and what's it cost and all of that. Cause we would just have them do it anyways. So.
3: Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your service and, uh, Hopefully it can warm up my house a little bit better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it will. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling, Bev. Great question. Um, And Jane, if you can hold on the line, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll get to your call as soon as we return.
0: This is the St. Louis Composting
1: Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Rich Orris here, filling in for Scott. You guys know me by now, I hope. I've been doing filling in for Scott for a little while. But uh for the newcomers, I am a senior sales consultant for Scott Mosby's company, Mosby Building Arts. So this is kind of what I do all week. So I love doing it on Saturdays too. Don't mind filling in at all. Been doing it for years actually on Saturdays and stuff. So we'll just keep it going. Um, and, hey, everybody, don't forget, call in. Any questions you got, 314-436-7900, we'll be here for you. And speaking of that, we got Jane on the line here, has a question for us. Thanks for holding, Jane. What do you got going on?
0: It's, it's my toilet. I have a very small tank, and when it's dry, sometimes the water doesn't stop running. And I was wondering, is there some little button in there that I can push or something?
1: Um, so... It doesn't like stop filling up like it's just running and running, and the tank doesn't fill. Right. So uh, generally, what's happening for the most part is the you know the when it flushes and then the flap kind of comes back down to to block that tank and let it fill up. That will either stick or not lay down flat all the way, and it's you know letting water go to the bowl and out and drain rather than filling the tank. Other than getting a plumber, you know, looking at it and and maybe changing the pieces and stuff, basically Mm -hmm. you can jiggle the handle and see if it'll, like, get that flap to kind of fall in place or, you know, take the the lid off the tank and look at it and see, you know, kind of if you can get that flapper to go down and and stop that so that it will uh, let that tank fill.
2: Oh, okay, I'm
0: looking at it now. It has, uh, it's very small, and it has a little unit that's sitting in there, but you're right about a flap, I think. I could jiggle the handle, but nothing happens. it doesn't stop, so I just turn the water off.
1: Okay, yeah, and so you'll, done. yeah, you'll probably need to find a plumber, um, and, and have them come out and, and check it out. I would, I always use Maplewood plumbing for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things that, that we do, but, um.
0: That's
1: the name of the company, Maplewood? Yeah, Maplewood Plumbing. That's who I would use. Okay.
0: Well, thank you so much.
1: All right. No problem. Thanks, Jane. Uh, All right. We got Carl on the line here. Let's uh, see what's going on with Carl. Thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, I just put a vent in my bathroom. The old
2: one burned out, and uh, I put a new one in, and it turns out that it's attached to the same vent that goes from my dryer. And what I'd like to do is vent one of them separately through the roof, straight up through the roof. Yeah. And I was wondering which one I should do that. It's just about equally easy to do either of them. And I was wondering which one I should do. And then the other one I'm just going to use the existing ductwork for.
1: Okay. So so it does go outside? Yes, it does go outside. But okay. they're
2: both hooked to the same ductwork. And I'd like to, uh, like say, put one of them through the roof because that just seems like a lot of moisture to put through one five.
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's definitely not good to co-mingle them because when one's not running, it could literally be, you know, blowing air the wrong direction. Um, and it could be blowing, like, you know, dryer lint dust and stuff into towards the bath fan and that when the bath fan's not running. So right. definitely a good suspect, idea. Um, yeah, to, I suspect kind
2: of suspected that might be what caused burnout, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, so I would I would highly recommend doing the um putting the bath fan through the roof. Okay. Just because um if wherever your pipe goes now, you you know, it's a good spot and you don't have an issue with dryer lint, if you put the dryer up to the roof, you're going to start getting like the lint blowing out and onto your roof and stuff. And okay, you that see makes it. Sense. You know what I mean? So if you right. leave the dryer where it's going now if you don't have dryer lint issues, um, and this okay. will be a good opportunity to clean that dryer vent line, make sure it's you know cleaned out and all of that, rehook that up. And then what we do here at Mosby Building Arts, when we run that bath fan through the attic, we would recommend one uh, a solid galvanized pipe, not flexible. But smooth walled, right. let the air go. We insulate that pipe. And the easiest way to do that is to buy the shortest section that you can for the length of pipe that you have of a uh, six inch. Uh, it's an insulated ductwork. It's like a flexible ductwork with insulation because that will fit right around that pipe. So you can put it on the pipe. Cut your length, put it on the pipe, and then when you get it all installed, you can stretch it out, kind of staple it, tape it to each end, and it'll cover that entire pipe. And it'll, so it'll just help with condensation and stuff like that in the winter when your warm airs from your bathrooms going through that pipe. And you can also purchase a backdraft damper and right. put that towards the top of the roof, you know, right by, right before the damper, so that if your damper ends up, you know, freezing open or breaking or anything like that, and wind's trying to blow in, it won't blow backwards. Okay. So pretty integrated, you know, a lot of steps to doing that correctly, but it has a lot of value to it. Right. I didn't want to do it the wrong one and then find out that I screwed that up. So thank you very much for your input. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem at all. Yep. Have a good day. Thanks for the call. Great question. That's something that we... You know, do here at Mosby Building Arts a lot in in looking at, you know, what are our systems as we build? Um, Over the years, I've had, um, you know, a lot of people would ask me, oh, you know, so you guys pull permits, you know, do you guys build to code? And I said, well, so we pull permits, but we don't always build to code. And they kind of look at me like I'm a little bit crazy, but I'm like, you know, code can actually be, a minimum, kind of standard thing to protect the home and the homeowner from getting something really, really bad. So like that bath fan, for instance, it it is not in the code. I mean, matter of fact, it's only been so many years that they even now say you got to ventilate that to the outside. You didn't even used to have to do that per code. You just stuck it up in the attic That's why that home from the 70s, you know, that's what they did. They just, most of them didn't even put a pipe. They would just literally let the fan blow up there. So then they went to, you know, now in the past 10 years or so, they kind of went, oh, yeah, that's not good air to have in the attic when in the winter and it's warm. They make you put it to the outside. They don't make you insulate it. They don't make you put a backdraft damper inside the pipe. And and another thing that we do here at Mosby – we'll put it on a timer switch because it's really good to let that fan run in that bathroom after you're done. So if, you, like like last night, my wife's getting ready for the Christmas party for, you know, at Mosby and everything, right? So you do that so when you walk out of the room, you hit that timer, you let that fan run for whatever you feel like, 30 minutes. You know, I would say at least 20 to 30 minutes, if not more, if you can Set that timer, click it for 30 minutes. In 30 minutes, you're gone. It'll turn itself off, but it's pulled so much moisture and stuff out of the air and out of that bathroom, you know, and put it outside. So that's another step. That's not per code. So I'm like, yeah, we're, we're, a lot of times our minimum standard stuff that we like to do is, you know, above what even code is telling us to do at times. So we'll do everything we can on steps like that so that everybody, you know, completely understands the the length that we go through with crawl spaces and room additions and different things like that. You know, it's like preventing something before it happens. You know, how much insurance do you buy? How protected do you want to be? Do you want to, you know, build a bathroom and have an issue with the fan later and then correct that? Do you want to build a room addition and then have a crawl space and then get moisture and stuff and have to correct that later? Or do you see the value in buying something right now when it does cost a little bit less? Because if you're having an issue five years later, that same system we put in now is going to cost more five years from now. You know, like we were talking about earlier, well, do you want that protection those are the things we can kind of set you up with, educate you on, and let you know that this is what we're trying to do and protect and prove from. So for everybody else, hey, we're going to get into our our last break here of this hour. Give me a call. I'll be here for you for a while, 314-436-7900, and we'll take a break, and we'll have more right after this.
0: This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure
2: Center, the place with the big red chair.
0: Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
1: All right, we are back once again. Rich Horace is filling in for Scott Mosby today, and we got a ton of calls just pouring in now. So um, let's get right to uh, Bill and see what Bill's got going on. How you doing, Bill? Thanks for calling. Uh, Good morning, Rich.
2: And I have never called in before, but I hope my question is appropriate for your program.
1: I hope so. Let me know what you got.
2: Well, I live in South County, and uh, my partner and I, we bought the house 10 years ago. It's a three-quarter acre lot. Our home is there, and uh, the home was built in 1963. My question is about the backyard. We have a storage shed in the backyard that's near the... Uh, end of the property but the end of the property has a drop-off uh, of about six foot and the drop-off uh, is there because of a uh, a sewer line uh, actually a MSD line and uh, uh, that was abandoned recently but um, the drop-off has been protected over the years by railroad ties. And uh, over the years, these railroad ties have disintegrated, rotted, and I find that if I want to protect the surrounding shed and uh, where I park my lawnmower, uh, I need to do something cost-efficient to protect that uh, six-foot drop-off. And uh, the drop-off, if if it were to cave in, I would lose the ability to... to, uh, Uh, the surrounding area would be damaged. So I'm looking for a cost-efficient way, and the people that I've talked to basically have, uh, they are encouraging me to put in stone, stonework, and uh, that's pretty expensive, and it's not, uh, I don't need something that's decorative, I just need something that's functional. So what would you suggest in that uh, that regard?
1: Well, so, I mean, definitely, I, I would definitely be careful because, I have seen um, a lot, uh, I've seen a few times where companies will, people will come in and they'll put that stonework, you know, retaining wall in and they literally do it right in front of that wood one and they don't pull it out completely. And that is not, you know, especially with a six foot height. The stonework's expensive because you gotta dig that out and you gotta build that thing right and you gotta put, you know, some geo grid and some stuff in there, so they're digging back into this hill to make this happen and to and to make it where it can actually hold the ground. So it is a a tedious and and and, you know, hard thing to do um, and definitely is expensive. So the only thing that you could consider differently if you could find somebody is really how bad is the retaining, you know, the 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 railroad ties and, and is there any way to just repair and replace some of them to add some life to what you have so that you don't have to replace the whole thing without seeing the conditions, you know, impossible to know, but, and the other thing that's really hard is, you know, it's almost like, kind of like plaster in a house, you know, plaster is a dying art, and not as many people do it, right, and and so wood railroad ties is a dying art also, and people just, they just don't want to do it, because they're just not real, they don't do it, and when they offer new, you know, you're offering something that's going to last so much better and longer and all of that so they just kind of stray away from it you know so you really you got to make sure the stone's done good and right and you pull permits and you get the right engineered drawings that show like what you know how deep the geo grid and stuff's got to be or you try and see if someone has the the knowledge and they've done it before to maybe just repair some sections of the railroad ties so that you can add some life to what you have. That's not what I wanted to hear, Rich. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that is the one thing that, you know, doing what I do, I'm the bearer of bad news more than I would (laughs) care to admit. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's just, you know, so, yeah, if the wood's that far gone, you're just probably going to be into... You know, and I used to tell people if you could find somebody to do an actual railroad tie wood retaining wall, I mean they still can last for quite a while, you know, if you go back to the wood, even brand new you know, but um to and to, I haven't seen that or heard that or thought about that for for a few years, and right now, I would almost say the cost of wood it might be the same amount as the block. <laughs> You know, with with what yeah. things cost, and and then the labor of who's going to do it because a lot of people just, you know, they've strained so far from it they don't want to do it. Right.
2: Well, uh, you know, sometimes what we need to hear and what we want to hear are two very different things. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> in order to protect my property back there and to keep. The situation as it is, I'm going to have to think about budgeting uh, money and expense and uh, buying the bullet and getting the work done, because the last thing I want to have happen is for that, that wall to cave in, yeah. for, for me to lose the ability uh, and uh, also to run the risk of having a shed that is very serviceable right now. Uh, uh, yeah, fall apart. So, so yep. yeah. Thank, thank you for the uh, for telling me what I don't want to hear, Rich.
1: Yeah, no problem. You're very welcome. And you know, the <laughs> other thing to think about, you know, in getting things done, you know, in, in a timely manner too, and before you know things get too crazy with interest rates and stuff, is to you know kind of gauge. It, it, would financing make sense to get it sooner while it costs a little bit less for the actual product and the labor because that you know the labor is not going down it's going to continue to raise and with the shortages it's going to continue to get more expensive so it's worth kind of thinking about what are the interest rates what's a loan cost versus what do i see this thing costing a year or two from now so i would highly talk and look into that as well so all right Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Bill. Awesome. Great question. Uh, We got a couple other calls here, but we're going to get into our hour break here with the news and everything. So Joe and John, if you can hang the line, can't wait to get to you. We'll get to you right after we get back uh, from from these break and, and the news message and everything. So hang in there. We'll be right back.